everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. I am Ski Journal editor Eric Wilbur. I am joined via Zoom by my co-host Mike Speechin, who's at his home in New Hampshire rehabbing his knee. Mike, how are you? I'm doing all right, Eric. Not bad at all. Good to hear. Wait, let's see. PT, ice, <laughs> work, go for a walk, ice, PT, ice. Yeah, that's about the way life is going these days. Okay, well, there's one thing that I have not, I, I know we're going to talk about some of the snow right in this piece, but I want to, there was something I saw up at Stowe that really bothered me. What's that? A coming soon sign in downtown Stowe Village, right? We've got a coming soon. There's a Starbucks going in downtown Stowe Village. Now, this is not an anti-Starbucks rant. I love Starbucks. But in downtown Stowe? No, 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 no. I don't know how that's happening. Well, it's it's called progress. I, it's you, progress, you, you, but it's... You can't get over a Starbucks. I can't get over Bell owning my Stowe. Okay, <laughs> so let's let's not go there. Corporate has permeated so many so many areas. Um, there's there's a reason why I ski on an Indy Pass. There's a reason why I still support all those independents, and there's a reason why we had the Deloria, Ralph Deloria, on from Bolton Valley because. There is, ah, don't get me going. (laughs) So I thought you'd appreciate that, that I was kind of floored that in downtown little village of Stowe, he has Starbucks. And we all know that the history of McDonald's has had a really rocky history there. It's no longer there. It's a very good sushi restaurant in its place. And it's just one of those things, like the more things change. But here's what hasn't changed. The mountain, Stowe Mountain. Vale or not, that place is still rocking it. It's still kicking it. It's still getting snow, having a deep season so far this year. And they're not alone. A lot of mountains have had pretty good starts of the year. I can't, I'm not going to do this to brag to you, Mike, but I, I've had a few days already on the hill and it, it was tremendous. It was easily the best early skiing I've had in, well, what was that? 19? We Was it 18 or 19? We had the early season storm. That might have been 18. So, yeah, at least in five years. The best early season skiing in five years. No, it, it got real, real quick. And as as I'm getting texts and emails from friends all over New England saying, hey, thanks for getting your knee done. Thanks for bringing the snow. I I just laugh. So, so anybody that's enjoying it right now, it was because I chose to have a new knee put in. Well, I've been there. I've been there. So I understand the feeling. I tore my ACL and MCL back in 06. So we're talking 17 years now. And I was heading to Tahoe early that March. I I, I tore it in mid-February. I was going to, to Tahoe in March. I'll never forget going to the doctor. And he's like, hey, you tore your ACL. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to Tahoe in three weeks. Do you What, what are the, the prognosis? He's like, yeah, dude, you're done for the year. Don't ski on your leg. So I went out to Tahoe. And I hung out with my friends anyway. I'll never forget the day we went to Kirkwood. It is nuking. You can't see five feet in front of your face. And as we're walking in from the parking lot, of course, I'm limping in from the parking lot. All, all you hear is just boom, 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 with the cannons going off for avalanche control. I mean, this was epic day with a capital E-P-I-C. And here's Eric Wilbur sitting in the lodge alone, literally alone. It was me and a bartender. 
and I was reading Barb Marley's uh, biography. Every now and then I would step outside, get hit in the face with a pound of snow and go back in and just sip my beer and, and read my book. My friends would come in every hour or so and they would just be covered head to toe and their emotions would be kind of jumbled. And I realized what that was. They were telling me, Eric, you're not really missing that much. It's actually kind of hard to ski in, which is translation for there's no way in hell we're going to tell you how good this is because we know how much you're going to react. So I have been there in the worst of situations. So I feel for you, man. You, you know what? My, my view on the whole thing, and, and please don't take this the wrong way, is I've been there and done that. So if I miss a day here or there for the, for the betterment of the rest of my life and for skiing in the future, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, I just, I just go into a different mode and it'll be there when it gets there and rehab's going well. But well, when it, when it comes to the snow we've had this year early, have you been watching the snow reports? I mean, it's like a foot here, a foot there. A foot is oh, like, a foot is your old age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've had some rain on top of it, but honestly, rain has always been able to recover so far this year, right? The bad rain we've gotten, next thing was going to get topped off with six inches of snow. So it's, it's been an impediment, but at the same time, not, not the worst thing in the world. Well, yeah, Saddleback oh, opened that's, up. That's real. That, up, up opened up with Casablanca opened. Third day of operation last Friday or last Saturday when they opened, reopened for the weekend and 100% open, which is insane. Which is insane. And, and Sugarbush, Castle Rock opening. I, I mean, it's hike too. They don't have the lift open, but it's anything from Killington North has just been in the, has the lion's share of it. But on the adverse side of it all, and this is to the listener, if you are a backcountry skier, did you see the rescue on Mount Washington with the avalanche? I did. Yeah. It it made me cringe. It made that, me. That's the, I think that's the common sort of reaction to it. Right. It, 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 I, I'm going to lay it out there. It pisses me off due to the fact that, look, yes, we've had some snow, but the snowpack is not stable. It's not holding to anything. There is no, nobody has any business in the Gulf of Slides or in Tuckerman's or Hillman's Highway or anything at this point until we get the snow that stabilizes. Well, add to that, that it was, was it Stowe Mountain and Rescue had to put out some things on social media for people to beware. Oh my goodness. Uphill yes. skiers to watch out for, for cat groomers in the winch and saying like, look, this is about, this is about your safety. Like you could, your head could get cut off at any moment. So a lot of people, I mean, look, when we have this many skiers, there's going to be enough knuckleheads here or there when it comes to backcountry skiing. And when it comes to, to, to uphill skiing, You've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention to the rules because they're not there to be a pain. They're not there to, to, so you can have an extra step in order to have your enjoyment. They're there for safety and good for, for outlets like Stowe Mountain and Rescue for, for bringing this to attention and, and really making a big deal of it. 100, 100%. Well, 
I'm really stoked about today's conversation we're going to have. Yeah, Craig Clemmer, who is uh, the resident historian at Bretton Woods, he the man knows everything about that place. It, it's unbelievable. If if you if there was a jeopardy about Bretton Woods, he would be a champion. We're going to have Craig Clemmer on to discuss Bretton Woods celebrating 50 years this year, the baby of New England skiing, right? The 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 youngest of uh, well, at least in New Hampshire, the youngest ski area in New Hampshire at 50 years old. Well, uh, well, yeah. You you look at it. We we had King Pine. And Pat's Pecan for their anniversary that last year. And that was how, how many years? I don't remember. Boy, uh, yeah. Me was that 50? Was that 50? No, it was more than that. It might have been. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because when you do the research and you, and you go back into the history of Bretton Woods and you realize all the ski areas that exploded in that time period of the 60s in New Hampshire, it's, it's, it's insane. Many of them are not with us any longer. Or if they are, they're like community ski hills. And so it's it's just incredible. And and Bretton Woods to become what it is today, right? I remember growing up and Bretton Woods was kind of like, yeah, that's where the beginners go to skate. And now it is it's it's just all all different sorts of terrain, just different developments that that Rosebook Lodge is something. It truly is one of the crown jewels of the East. So we're going to talk to Craig about the 50th anniversary of the ski area there. He's coming up right after this. Welcome back to the show. Joining us on the line uh, from Bretton Woods is Craig Clemmer, Director of Sales and Marketing up there, and he's also the resort's resident historian. If, if you need to know anything about Bretton Woods or the Mount Washington Hotel, go directly to Craig. There's no one else you need to talk to. That's exactly why we have him on the podcast today to talk about uh, the ski area celebrating 50 years uh, this season. So, Craig, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much for having me today. What a what a great occasion to be uh, able to celebrate uh, the ski area's fiftieth. Yeah, we we are super excited to have you, Craig. Brenton Woods, some one of the most beautiful spots in New Hampshire with one of the most amazing views. Why don't you tell us how the ski area started? Give us a little history. Well, obviously, the Brentwood ski area is the integral part of our winter season here at the Omni Mount Washington Resort. It really, I think, started for the love of the mountains, even looking back towards at Joseph Stickney when he built this hotel. It's that own inspiring landscape that you talk about, that view shed. How do you take advantage of that view shed and really how do you use it for recreational purposes? So back in the early 70s, the previous owners of the property looked at the Brentwood ski area and they started off with some Nordic terrain over here for the guests. The hotel wasn't even open in the wintertime until 1999. So what they were trying to do was build a little bit more things for guests to come up and enjoy the area, stay at the Bretton Arms, stay at the lodge. And that ski area, taking advantage of those three peaks across the street, was really what they gave to the snow engineering group. Joe Cushing, who still lives up here in this area, is actually, I think, celebrating his 93rd year with us. He was assigned uh, the job to create New Hampshire's and really one of New England's last major ski areas to be built. And they went forth and, and did a great job of not only laying it out, but also laying it out with a plan and a mission for continued development of that location. So to have it made with snowmaking equipment, not being an afterthought, being a forethought. How do we expand these systems? How do we have started off with what? Two lifts, the A lift, the B lift, and a T-bar having full snowmaking capabilities and, and continue to this day, that investment that current ownership has made to expand it out to be New Hampshire's largest ski area. 
So it, it's a it's a great asset, not only for this resort, but obviously for this area and highly uh, accoladed for the product that we produce over there. With with that said, real quick, Craig, you said New Hampshire's largest ski area. What's the acreage? Uh, by total acreage, we, we have about 464 acres over across the street. Awesome. And at, it, 50, at 50 years old, it's the baby of New Hampshire. It, 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 it's, it's a very young 50, like myself. <laughs> you know, it, it, it definitely is the last. And that that's, you know, I, I know what we were talking in the past. It's the juxtaposition of it was the Mount Washington, the Omni Mount Washington Hotel was the last of the grand hotels to be built in the White Mountains. And Bretton Woods is the last of the major ski areas to be built in New England. So it is kind of neat to have that handling both parts of our history, being the youngest, but being one of the most vibrant resorts that we have in, in New England. Yeah, it's it. I re, I don't remember when it started because I wasn't here yet, but I remember the growth that happened and the terrain became more vibrant. And what you guys have done with snowmaking and grooming, you're always rated high with magazine readership with what the product you're putting out there. What, What is the magic to putting out such a great product? I think uh, there's two magic ingredients in anything like this. There's uh, vision and capital. So obviously having the, the wherewithal to be able to finance these sorts of things, but it really is that stewardship starting off with uh, Joe Cushing, having that vision to start off in that center uh, piece of the aisle with uh, the Rosebrook Mountain being the base of that, but knowing that you have the ability to expand out to what we call West Mountain or Mount Oscar to your right as you're looking at the peak and then over to Mount Stickney and creating those experiences that skiers are looking for. We, we are never going to uh, add additional hype or, or, or pitch to the, to the property, but we are going to put uh, the best ski product that we can out there, all skiers. The nice thing about Bretton Woods and what we're known for, obviously, is the grooming, is the, the Bretton Woods flurries, the natural occurrence of natural snow, but also our commitment to make sure that we are putting the most state-of-the-art equipment on the mountain that we possibly can from the grooming side as well as the snowmaking side of things. And that's really what uh, really differentiates, I think, Bretton Woods from other products that are out there is every family member can get on the lift, no matter what ability, they can get up to the top and then they can find the appropriate place to get down uh, the hill as well as learning how to ski. We're we're never going to really capture uh, the overly adventurous, uh, but we will get them as they're coming into the sport of ski and we'll get them as they're exiting the sport of ski. But anybody that comes here will have a great day with the conditions being uh, appropriate. Skiing those 30 acres of bladed areas off on Mount Stickney, it's, it's a phenomenal side country ski experience. Whether you're skiing the cruisers right there on Rangeview or whether you're looking for that classic Joe Cushing, classic New England trail like Granny's Grit, which is one of my favorite ones. It really gives you the full parameters of that New England ski experience that you would be expecting here in New Hampshire. And I got to tell you, with my my kids learning to ski the glades at Bretton Woods was such a great experience because it was just spaced out enough for them where they they weren't too intimidated. They the pitch was just good enough, and it was really just a great sort of way for them to learn and to kind of lead into the tree skiing experience. Where now they can, there's no fear whatsoever, and I highly attribute it to what Bretton Woods gave them. And and, and realistically, too, it it is about that team. They they run that ski area like they own it. And, and to a certain extent, they do. Chris Elms, his team, that vision, that prolonged vision. We haven't had a whole lot of turnover 
We're celebrating our 50th. We were looking back at our honor roll of associates that have been here for that entire time. And that's a pretty long list. And that takes a lot of uh, stewardship, as we said over and over again, and looking at it from a longer term view rather than I'm going to be here for two years, I'm going to make an impact, and I'm going to move on to the next thing. So looking at uh, the Gladed experience, yeah, getting into the woods, that's sort of one of our catchphrases, getting out there and making it so people can enjoy a Gladed experience and not be fearful of it. It, it. I think you kind of put it appropriately that it is something that you can get a little bit more aggressive on some of these, but you can have that first turn in the woods at Brenton Woods. Yeah, my I can attest my son also. We have skied there numerous times when he was young. I still have pictures with Mount Washington behind him that are still in the house. It is an amazing spot for families to expand and become better skiers and to allow kids to go out and explore on their own because you yep. can feel safe putting kids out there. What about you, Craig? What's your history with the resort? And Eric stated you're the historian. How did you become the historian? Well, I, I think uh, one thing is longevity. <laughs> you're long enough. I was I was a Bretton Woods skier before I even worked here. So I, I was a consumer of that product even before I, I got the dream job of being the director of sales and marketing here. So I, I've been, I went to college in New Hampshire. I've been skiing in Bretton Woods for, for a number of years. And, and for me, it, it really is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity to come up here, enjoy the skiing. But once again, be able to pass that on to the next generation of, of, of folks. My kids, I even have grandkids that come out here to Bretton Woods and have that first time experience. And that's really what the story is about. Skiing is a sport, is a passion for everybody that works here. But it's also about passing that passion on to that next generation and being able to keep up with with your kids. I mean, that's that's half the fun is getting out there and watch them engage in the in the sport that we all love so much. Ski Magazine named you best in grooming this year. Obviously, another great accolade. New England Ski Journal actually had you best in family skiing and out on mountain dining. And I'm glad you won the on mountain dining because one visit to Rosebrook Lodge and you are just floored by what this developed. I mean, if you haven't been up there and seen the view, number one, it's incredible. And just the the facilities are are tremendous. It's it's really just a game changer. I'm 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 curious how you have seen it sort of been embraced over the past, what is it, three or four years now? Yeah. Uh, it, it really is. One thing that Britain Woods really didn't need was more uplift capacity for mm -hmm. the skiers that we have. But what we always try to do is refine the product that we put out there. What can we do to bring it to that next level? And, and that Rosebrook facility really did do that. That the gondola that services that it's the only eight passenger 36 car gondola that goes up that hill. It really was the game changer for the fact that anecdotally you're, you're, you're riding up there and we actually use it for not only for skier services, but we, we do a lot of functions up there. It actually turns into a, a third ballroom for the resort. I was privileged enough to to ride up the, the gondola with somebody's grandmother that was looking at it for a wedding venue. And she goes, I've never been on top of a mountain before. Wow. And she goes, this is phenomenal. I would never have been able to have that experience without this gondola, without that facility drawing me up there to be able to stand up there and, and lay it all bare, look out at the full presidential range, that beautiful hotel right there in the foreground. It really is one of those things that it never gets old. And in the dining experience, I think you really have to look at uh, the experience you would maybe find at some of the larger Western resorts or even really European resorts. Obviously, we all know the 
Austrian influence on ski in, in New England. And, and I really think that you would have to look at some of the very high level European offerings. And that would be comparable to what that Rosebrook Lodge brings. It really ties in very nicely with the landscape. It's down a little bit below the tree line. It tucks right up against the edge. But that, that, that concave look as it just opens up that full mountain range. And, and I think really that the culinary team up there really lives to that inspirational view with the food that they put out there. So we, we appreciate the accolade. But once again, it's most of the time, it, it's not us telling you how great it is. It's you coming up, experiencing it, and then letting the writers of these publications know how much you think of this thing. And, and, and we're, we're humbled to get those accolades whenever we get them. Well, it's funny you bring up the, the, the Western or European vibe or the feel because I, I was just trying to create a mental image in my mind of being at the Rosebrook Lodge. And then I realized the mental image I had in my mind was me at Sun Valley, not at Bretton Woods. It was comparable, right? It was, it was like, is this Sun Valley or is this Bretton Woods? And that speaks to just how tremendous the, the scenery is up there. It, it really is. And the nice thing about it is, is travel continues to be a luxury for some folks. This is an affordable luxury. You can, you can make your decision. You can hear, hear our snow report. You can head to Bretton Woods and be here in two and a half hours, depending on the traffic, uh, from Boston or two and a half hours, depending on the border crossing from Montreal. And that's really what this has to offer is you get those kind of experience without uh, the cost or the hassle of airfare or, or trying to get everybody into a plane and getting all your, making sure your skis actually show up and those sorts of things. Uh, it's, it's, it's ski, it's travel at your own pace and from your home rather than from an airport. Well, Eric spoke about on mountain dining. There's something absolutely amazing right across the street with incredible dining, incredible lodging. Why don't you give us a quick view of the hotel? Well, over the last couple of years, we, we, we talk about continuing to invest in a property. The ownership of the resort, the Omni family really has uh, continued to invest in that. And we had a little brief period of time when we were shut down. But we use that time very wisely and continue some of the projects as we had. Obviously, the Rosebrook Lodge, the gondola were, were part of that. But the other parts of that were the dining outlets. But the main dining room or the 1902 main dining room is a, is a classic. Since I've been here, this is the fourth time I've seen us redo that. Everybody's ski experience at the resort starts off with breakfast in that main dining room. And it is a classic. The Sun Dining Room Beyond was just uh, redone as well. We put out the new observatory bar. Uh, but probably the crowning jewel in the juxtaposition from that grand hotel is the presidential wing itself. So we added 69 new rooms, you know, especially in the fall and even to a certain extent in the winter, people are out there on that veranda looking at that view day in, day out. Uh, and in the fall, there's the uh, everybody kind of uh, trying to push everybody out of a wicker chair so they can have that moment with a, with a cocktail, holding hands with their family, looking at that view. So what we've done with that room product is we actually have these balconies or patios where you can literally sit out there, have a little solace, take in the views, contemplate life a little bit more, and then plan your day uh, of skiing at Brentwoods the next day. So it really has elevated that experience to have that boutique hotel within that hotel. And as far as dining and creature comforts, we introduced the new club lounge as part of that. So there's an elevated level. You can go down there in the morning, have a European-style breakfast, get a cup of coffee, get right out on the shuttle, get over and do some skiing. And then in the evening, you know, what, what's the best part of skiing? Après ski. So coming back, having a cocktail over at the base lodge, but going down there, you actually get complimentary beer or wine, some appetizers in that club lounge. 
it really is a pretty phenomenal uh, experience. So I'm excited to see that investment. I'm excited to see the families coming back and reacting to these things. But, you know, the dining here is it's diverse and it really is uh, catered to those occasions. If you want to feel a little bit more formal and go to the main dining room or you want to feel a little bit more casual, down to Stickney's for just an, an excellent steak, a good conversation. And, and once again, just great service that we're known for here at Omni. So this year to celebrate 50 years, you've got a, a special auction of the bead chair. And I got to tell you, when we talked about this a few weeks ago, I, I looked at some of the benefactors or, the, or the, the, the people you're raising money for. And Mount Eustis was among, was among them because you had mentioned it in, in, in passing to me. And I was like, Mount Eustis, never heard of it. And I did some research on it and I was just, I was floored by, by this, this little mountain, this community ski area. So thank you for the introducing it to me. And you can, could you tell the listeners how they can help raise funds for these sorts of outlets in your community? Yeah, we always want to look to give back to the community that we're part of. Obviously, there's about 800 of us that earn a living here on any given day. So when we had the opportunity, what, what can we do to celebrate uh, the 50th anniversary of Bretton Woods Ski Area? The Omni Mount Wash team, we kind of all got together and said, well, we've got little pieces of history that we can auction off. And we've done this in the past with a few of these A and B lift chairs, and, and they've gotten some pretty high price tag. So we said, well, let's just do this big. Let's go out there. Let's identify a lot of these charities from Omni's commitment to saying goodnight to hunger and, and, and the local food pantries that might be underfunded, especially this time of year, to Mount Eustis, which is a very worthy benefactor. But once again, it's part of the history of ski. So putting those chairs out there, going online, doing an online auction and allowing people to be able to bid on that gives us a funding mechanism to pay back and give back to the community that we live in. So we really did try to do a wide reach and depth of these charitable organizations. We feel really great about it. And the nice thing is that you can do it all season long. And, and then all you got to do is when the, when the snow melts, come and pick up your, pick up your chair and hang your little piece of Bretton Woods history in your backyard. And, and people, especially homeowners up in this area, everybody wants a little piece of that, that swing hanging from the broke from their tree in the backyard, that little piece of that history. And once again, like you guys were talking about those memories that, that were made on those chairs, that's really what's important. It's that, it's that that touch point that you have with your own family history and the history of of ski here in New England. Yeah, the, the memories, the memories at Bretton Woods, in my view, it with my son, mm -hmm. are are amazing. And like I said, I still have those pictures, and I think that's what it gets impregnated in your mind. We've had a pretty good early season this year. Knock on wood, it's going to continue. But what? What's new on the Hill? What can people expect? Well, I, I think we, we had one of our best Thanksgivings, top three ever, as far as the number of skiers we've had out there. But I think you're going to expect the same thing that you would expect from Brenton Woods. Uh, once again, continual resurfacing, making sure that the Brenton Woods flurries are out there and abundant. And when they are, we'll, we'll get out there and turn on the snowmaking system again. So I, I really think it is about being being present and, and getting out there and really enjoying a ski day. But really, it is introducing uh, your family and your friends to Bretton Woods. But it is, it is a, a cornerstone of this property. And, and for New England, I, I think the things that you can really look forward to are some of the fun things that we're doing all season long to celebrate our 50th. So we're doing a variety of apres ski events, obviously starting off with the 70s apres music, doing one for the 80s and then the 90s. So I think I'm going to go from uh, bell-bottom jeans to put my mullet back on uh, and, and just in, enjoying the evening. 
But we're also doing some fun things like utilizing some of our local microbreweries. So Tuckerman's did a great trailhead beer for us that we put our new gondola on. And they just did a 50th anniversary one for us as well. So we'll be also sharing that with all our skiers and riders over there at Brentwoods this season. I remember driving by in the 90s and that hotel was quiet in the winter. And it was 1999, so it's been 24 years now that it's been open in the winter. And it's it's amazing because it seems like that should be 50. It seems like that's always been, right? It's this unique relationship between hotel and ski area that we don't necessarily have in New England anymore. And how does, does Bretton Woods recognize that uniqueness and how does it, you know, sort of grasp onto it? No, I mean, we, we obviously do it. it it, 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 the scissor fingers, it all integrates and locks well into each other without that skier and even the cross-country ski uh, facilities that we have over here. That is the engine that drives our winter business. When these were originally built, these grand hotels, they were only three-season properties. You sent your family up north and had them summer up here. And then all of these shut down and all the labor went to Florida and waited for the guests to arrive down there. But nowadays, it, it really is the engine that drives this property and, and the way that the the ski area really is not only the beneficiary, but also the thing that makes this sustainable is some of the things that we're able to do by owning the lodging as well as owning the ski area. And one of those packages that we actually introduced this year to celebrate the 50th was the, the Racer Glasses package. Uh, we actually were approached by a sunglass manufacturer called Randolph out of Boston. And they say, hey, we want to come up and do a retro cool a photo shoot of our of our product because it's our 50th anniversary and I'm like hey it's our 50th anniversary too so we actually uh, did a really great photo shoot and you can go online to brentwoods.com see some of those photos but we integrated that lodging product into this package where you're getting uh, commemorative beer glass some of those beers that we talked about from those local microbreweries from tuckerman's as well as a pair of uh, anniversary randolph aviator glasses and that's all part of the package, as well as complimentary ski tickets for the two folks that are staying in the room. And that that's the things that we can do that other areas can because we do own that lodging. And even if you go online and look for some of our stay here ski free packages as well, you know, to be able to have a, a great hotel, grand hotel experience, and then get complimentary lift tickets as part of that package. Uh, that is something that, that we can leverage that this hotel really truly uh, supports the ski area and it's reciprocal in that fact. Well, looking back on your history and the history 50 years worth of Bretton Woods, what are give us some really benchmark memorable moments in that history. As far as the history of, uh, of Bretton Woods? Uh, yeah, of the ski area. Well, I, I really think that some of, some of the bigger things that in my, in my tenure here have, have really been Back when Bodie Miller was our, our director of ski, putting in Bodie's run over here as, as well and watching him kind of basically become sort of the Babe Ruth of, of American ski. Obviously, he, he grew up up in this area. He was part of, of the, the, the property. But to be able to meet an athlete at that level and, and be a part of the history of this property is pretty exceptional. Now, that, there's a gentleman that can outski you, make you run all over a tennis court, and then and then right after he finishes you with that, allow golf you at the same time. It, it really is kind of neat to have little moments uh, with the history of that. But it really is. It's like the governors, the politicians, the the famous that, that come to this property. You never know who you're going to run to at, at a lift at Bretton Woods. 
With the, the gondola and Rosebrook going in the last few years, I imagine that long-term projects are probably quieted down at Bretton Woods. But do you see anything long-term down the horizon of where Bretton Woods could be headed next? Yeah, there, there's definitely, there's always that conversation that has been going on with this property. There is an opportunity for continue to develop. We have the right ownership group right now. They have not only the wherewithal, but also the vision uh, for that. So I, I would say that in the next few years, you'll probably be hearing a little bit more about how they're going to continue to not only enhance the hotel product here, but really with an eye at that ski area. We are, we are not only blessed by owning all three mountains, but also the developable land that's around it as well. So uh, I think there's a little bit more, more to come on that. In the past, we've looked at the timing wasn't right with the market. Uh, but I think we are kind of uh, aligning a little bit more and, and we're really excited about what the future has to offer and what that development might be for uh, Brenton Woods as well as the Omni Mount Washington Resort. Craig, they call that a big market tease. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, Craig, I just have one other question for you. You talked sure. about the 70s, 80s and 90s. What is a must not miss event that's going to happen at Brenton Woods this year for 50 years? Well, I, I think one of them is right here on the 14th. In just a, in just a few days, we are celebrating the, the formal anniversary of that. We are going to have our associates there and inviting all of the, the guests to be here. But really, that is the, the opening day from 1973. And we'll have some music. We'll obviously probably have a, a few adult libations o- over there. But I think we'll also have a great day of skiing. I, I really think that a lot of the things that we have are going to be all season long. And you can go to our activities and events calendar on brentwoods.com and see those things as they materialize. Find the one that's appropriate for you. But it really is going to be a, not only a celebration of ski, but it's really going to be a celebration of ski families. And that's really what we're looking forward to this season at Bretton Woods for our 50th. Anyone who's looking to participate in the auction, you can go to brentonwoods.com slash auction. Just a couple of the, the, the beneficiaries here, Catholic Charities, New Hampshire, United Way, Granite Back Country. Mountain Rescue Service, Museum of the White Mountains, New England Disabled Sports, who we're going to actually have on the podcast next week. It, it, it's really a great varied sort of 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 oh, better factors here, right? It, it, it's not just one sort of source. It's it's all sorts of needs. It, it, it really is. And, and, and we're, we're very blessed to be in that position that we can uh, do this for these uh, charities that that serve our community. And once again, it's not just all about ski. It's also about like the local high schools. Mm-hmm. I, one of our employees said, I think, I think they're still using the same Nordic uniforms when I was there. So here's a mechanism that we can do to make sure that that next generation has something they can be proud of, has a little keepsake for that. But once again, we're paying it back into uh, the local community that benefits us so much. Well, it's it just, it's just, the, the, it's recognizing the community is not very narrow, right? The, the community is all sorts of different flavors and all sorts of different activities and whatnot. And I think that what you've done here is just a tremendous job of spreading that goodwill uh, to as many people as you can in the Mount Washington Valley area. And, and, and through a unique mechanism, with which is the, those those lifts, that the A and the B lifts that we're auctioning off, I, I think it really is just kind of a neat way to be able to, to give back and to actually have a physical manifestation of your generosity to these charities. And once again, there's 50 options for you to find the one that's appropriate for you. Bid early, bid often, get out there, support these things that support our local community and, and be a part of this great 50th anniversary event. That is absolutely fantastic, Craig. I want to thank you for coming on. It's always great to talk about 
Brenton Woods and the memories that it has entailed on both Eric and myself. So I want to wish you a wonderful holiday Christmas week. May may the snow fly and may things be busy up there. Well, as, as, as Mother Nature has blessed us, we'll wait for the Brighton flurries and we'll wait for you guys to, to come back out and we'll do, we'll do a few turns and maybe end up at the Switchback Grill at the end of it all. Mm, excellent. Sounds good to me. All right. Very much, Craig. That is Craig Clemmer from Bretton Woods. We will be right back. Eric, Bretton Woods, it's not the steepest. It's not the tallest with the biggest vertical. But I'll tell you what, their product is some of the best product in New England, period. Yeah, it's, it's look, at consistency, right? I mean, when, when you win that, that many awards for grooming and family skiing, it becomes your personality, right? It, it, it is what you are. And I think that, that Bretton Woods is just such a unique place when you go there, whether you ski there or if you go to the hotel or whatever. It is just a tremendous sort of place to be in. It's, you know, Wildcat gets all the accolades for the, the, the best scenery in New England. The, the mountain with the best scenery. And it, it's hard to argue that. Number two, Bretton Woods, kind of hard to argue that too, because it is in the shadow of the same majestic mountain, except you've got the added feature of the hotel with that iconic red roof popping out of the snow to, to be at the top of the mountain and to ski down with that in your, in your foreground and the mountain beyond it. It's just, it's skiing in, in a, a truly unique New England destination that I think like like Craig hinted is just kind of beginning. Like there's plenty of development that can go on there. And I understand that it's, it's a very unique situation the way it is now. But I mean, the carpet's open, right? <laughs> like keep go keep going. Well, Wildcat's Wildcat with its view. Mm-hmm. But but I think for a four-season view, one of the most iconic pictures that I've ever seen is of Mount Washington with snow on it, looking out at the Mount Washington Hotel and looking at the foliage going up the hill until you hit the snow line. I don't think there's a more beautiful picture I've ever seen in New Hampshire. So, but what, what Brenton Woods offers that I don't, I don't think anybody else in New Hampshire offers is a full family experience, whether you want high end or low end, it doesn't matter. It is the ability to let your kids go explore on their own. Like as you stated earlier about the trees, you kids can go play in those trees in ninety nine percent of the instances and and be fine. I, I remember my son. Just run after run. It was it was incredible. A couple of things I want to go back and well correct ourselves. Uh, King Pine and Pat's Peak were celebrating sixty years. And one other thing that I wanted to I wanted to to bring up was uh, I wanted to thank our our partners and our sponsors at uh, at Hestra with their gloves that they've given us. Uh, Mike, I know you probably have not had a chance to wear yours yet. Oh. That, because they've been wearing me. Hestra gloves for an awful long time, oh. they are they are the cream of the crop in gloves. If anybody wants to know, but I 
I was able to get a new pair of their Gore-Tex touring gloves. And yes, I have been using them for, for my daily walks outside. They are amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I used them my first day on the hill at Stowe. And my wife will tell you, these are not something I would normally buy myself. I am a bargain shopper. I'm a, I like to find a deal. And so my equipment is kind of, can be pieced together sometimes. These gloves are the best gloves I've ever worn, easily. After one day on the hill, I can say that, that they are tremendously warm. They're tremendously comfortable. My hands are dry. I was totally, thoroughly impressed with the product. And I just wanted to give them that shout out for that. So thank you to Hester. We'll be talking about you much more over the course of the year because my hands are going to be really happy, trust me. And Mike, you already have your history with Hester, so maybe you're not as giggly as about it as I am, but yeah, I am pretty impressed with the product. Well, they're, they're heli gloves, which I've been using for ever and ever. The lobster glove in particular, they, they are a benchmark for heli skiing. And like I said, I've, I've used them for probably 20 years now. They are that good and they are the benchmark in the marketplace. Yeah, and I, I, I've I, come to realize that now. So thank you to Hester, a friend of the show, partner, sponsor of the show. It's, a, it's a great to have you on board. Mike, anything else? Well, I, in regards to Hestra, okay, mm-hmm. now I'm going to go back to something we discussed a few podcasts ago. I want you to go out and splurge and get that heated sock and yes. take it to the next level, okay? Stop bargain hunting. <laughs> you get what you get what you, me to do. get what you pay for and you will have a earth-shattering enlightening experience once you get them okay i am going to do that the next time we we meet in this studio well the next time we we do this taping with you on zoom i will bring in a pair of heated so- socks that i've worn and i will tell you give you the review how about there that you, there you go so that's that's pretty much it. To all the listeners, I want to wish you a wonderful Christmas if you celebrate it, or Hanukkah, or whatever you might celebrate. Please get out there, ski. Please be out, get out there and be kind. We are all in this together, and it's it's about the skiing. Absolutely, and I'm not going to promise a big dump, but I'm, I'm hinting there's going to be a big dump coming for Christmas. So. Keep your fingers crossed. Mike, thank you very much as always. Eric, it's, it's a pleasure. Looking forward to some of the exciting guests that we will be having coming up here. Nice. All right. That is Mike Specian. He's at home rehabbing his knee. I'm Eric Wilbur, editor of the New England Ski Journal. This is the Base Camp Podcast. We will see you next week with a brand new episode. Thanks and have a good one. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.